0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. China Stories. On abortion policy, heed women's voices. Written by Li Kui, Published by Caixin Global. Narrated by Nandini Venkata. China's family planning agency sparked a public outcry recently when some of its priorities for 2022 were interpreted as an intrusive move toward preventing unmarried pregnant women from having abortions. In its announcement, the China Family Planning Association, also known as the CFPA, said that it would carry out measures such as an anti-abortion campaign among young unmarried couples to prevent unwanted pregnancies and abortions. The announcement came as the CFPA strives towards improving China's reproductive health. The association further explained to the media that its anti abortion effort among adolescents is based on years of its youth campaign work in the area of sex education it said that it wanted to help teenagers understand that prevention is key and that unintended pregnancies and abortions, especially risky abortions, are best avoided. China is not alone in pursuing such family planning goals. According to the World Health Organization, about 55 million abortions are performed globally every year. In 2017, 9.62 million were reported in China accounting for 17.4% of abortions globally. The actual number could be as high as 13 million, considering unreported abortions carried out by private hospitals and underground clinics. In statistical terms, China has one of the highest induced abortions and repeat abortion rates internationally. Among those recipients of induced abortions, 47.5% 47.5% of women under 25, 49.8% are unmarried, and 55.9% receive more than two induced abortions. It is no exaggeration to say that the high rates of abortions are a serious risk to Chinese women's health. Hence, it is noteworthy that the CFPA work towards helping women reduce unplanned pregnancies. Yet, there is a cultural perspective to read into this. First, it is no secret that in some regions, some Chinese parents still prefer sons to daughters. China's gender imbalance at birth peaked in 2004 at 121 males to 100 females. In total, China has over 30 million bachelors who may have difficulties finding brides, especially in rural areas of northern provinces, and these are exactly the places where induced abortions are prominent once female fetal gender is identified. Second, attitudes towards sex are becoming more open in China. Premarital sexual behaviors are common, According to a sample survey of 30 provinces published in 2010, about 22.4% of single men and women aged 15 to 24 were sexually active, and about 19% of sexually active unmarried women had an abortion. The lack of contraceptive measures and knowledge of contraception among many adolescent females has also contributed to an increase in unwanted pregnancies. Chinese society today is very tolerant of abortion, especially during the four decades when its family planning policy was strictly enforced. In the mindset of most Chinese, life only begins when a baby is born. This mindset has contributed to the increase of induced abortion. Still, there are those in China who opposed abortions on the grounds that it can be damaging to women's fertility. This argument is gaining ground as China is facing a fast decreasing reproductive rate. To sum up, many in China view abortion from utilitarian motivations and not from a rights perspective, such as the reproductive rights of women or the birth rights of the fetus. Abortion in the US. Since the 1960s and 1970s, Most Western countries passed legislation on abortion amid a period known as the sexual revolution, which saw a movement to promote women's rights. In the United States, there are two camps, the pro-choice camp that supports women's rights to choose whether or not to terminate a pregnancy, and the anti-abortion camp that emphasizes the rights of both the mother and the unborn child. The pro-abortion camp formally gained legal ground from the Roe v. Wade decision when the U.S. Supreme Court on January 22, 1973, ruled that unduly restrictive state regulation of abortion is unconstitutional. Since the historic Supreme Court ruling in 1973, there have been about 15 million abortions every year. That means one-fifth of pregnant women in the US would terminate their pregnancy. Of those pregnant, about one million are between 15 to 19 years of age, and about 30,000 are below 15. More than half of teenage pregnancies end up in induced abortions. The issue of abortion rights continues to be a divisive topic in the US society till today, with conservatives fighting for the fetus's right to life versus liberals who are for a woman's autonomy over her own body. But there are some who believe there is no conflict between the two at all. Indeed, the American philosopher Judith Jarvis Thompson invited readers to a thought experiment called a defense of abortion. The thought experiment goes like this. You wake up in the morning and find yourself back to back in bed with an unconscious violinist, a famous unconscious violinist. He has been found to have a fatal kidney ailment and the Society of Music Lovers has canvassed all the available medical records and found that you alone have the right blood type to help. They have therefore kidnapped you and last night the violinist's circulatory system was plugged into yours so that your kidneys can be used to extract poisons from his as well as your own. If he is unplugged from you now, he will die, but in nine months, he will have recovered from his ailment and can safely be unplugged from you. It is a parody of pregnancy in this thought experiment in which Thompson argues that abortion does not violate the fetus's legitimate right to life, but merely deprives the fetus of the non-consensual use of the pregnant woman's body and life-supporting functions to which it has no right. Thus, by choosing to terminate her pregnancy, Thompson concludes that a pregnant woman does not normally violate the fetus's right to life, but merely withdraws its use of her own body, which usually causes the fetus to die. Rights issue aside, there has been an unexpected social consequence since the legislation of abortion in the United States. The decline of the crime rate in American society. The economist Stephen D. Levitt from Chicago University, after rigorous econometric analysis, connected the 1973 Supreme Court ruling to the sudden decline of 40% violent crimes in the early 1990s. According to Levitt, single mothers who wanted an abortion were usually unprepared for kids and tended to live in less desirable economic conditions, which meant that if the child were born, there was a higher possibility of them falling into poverty or violence. Let's return to the argument that there is no contradiction on the fetus's right to life and women's reproductive rights. In that case, Shouldn't we listen more to the voices of women? After all, it is women that bear the fetus during pregnancy and the upbringing responsibilities after birth. Policies are not right if they brush aside rights and only focus on utility. On the surface, it may reach its goal, but there are always social costs that might be hidden in the early days. Yet ultimately borne by all individuals in our society. Li Jinghui is professor in the School of Economics at Zhejiang Gongshan University.